Hi, hello, what is up? Welcome to the For The One Podcast, where I believe God has one specific message for the one person who needs to hear it the most. My name is My Unique, I'm your host, let's go ahead and jump right in. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told him this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of the estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide the wealth between the two sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all of his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money in wild living. At about the time that his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home even the hired servants have food enough to spare, yet here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he had returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring out the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for the son of mine was dead, and now he is returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And so the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he had returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of the safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. So his father came out and begged him. But he replied, All these years I have slaved for you, and never once refused to do a single thing you told me. And in all that time, you never even gave me a young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf? His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. As I've been prepping and planning for a new season and a new year, I believe that the Lord just wanted me to start off with something simple, and that is to come home. As some of you know, a couple of months ago, I accepted a new job position, which is a young adults pastor at a church here in town, and before I accepted that position, I started praying and fasting and asking the Lord what it was that he wanted me to bring to the table, what he wanted the heart and vision to be for this ministry. And it was simply two words, come home. And ever since then, it has 
surpassed just a ministry, but it's became really just a, a heartbeat for mine is that people would come home. That people would come home, come back to Jesus, come back to their father because I know what it's like to experience things in life and step away. The first time I stepped away from the church, I was 18. I was also 18 when I found the church. So you can only imagine that it was literally within a couple of months that things started spiraling out of control. And I experienced what I call church hurt for the first time. And because of that church hurt, I was done. I said, God, I'm, I'm kind of over this. This relationship with you, yeah, it's not working. Um, we're, we're breaking up. And that was it. I had broken up with Jesus for the first time when I was 18 years old. But when that happened, I became like this son who started wasting his money in wild living. Now, although I physically was not wasting money, I was wasting emotions, I was wasting time, I was wasting effort in things that were completely useless to me. I remember one night crying because I just felt that everything had gotten out of control and, and I didn't know what happened and I remember just crying and crying and so I had been probably crying for a couple of hours and I remember just like pleading out to God, right, of just like, what is this? And all of a sudden, I heard a knock, like a physical knock on my door to my room. Now, because I had been crying and my emotions were everywhere, I just kind of shrugged it off. And I was like, yeah, I'm hearing things. It's windy outside. I'm, it's, it's nothing. But then I heard it again. And it was a knock. And so I went to my door and I just stood there holding the handle before I realized that that knock was God. And it was one of the most profound moments of my life because that was the first time it was just the most unreal, tangible thing that I had ever experienced. It was one of the first times experiencing it. But in that moment, I knew God was calling me back home. As we're entering a new year, my prayer is that people would come home. That people who have been hurt by the church, that have been ex just living in sin and just not even knowing what way is left and right, like, my prayer is just that people would come home. My favorite part about reading about the prodigal son and for just creative purposes will also say daughter. My favorite part about the, the, the story of the prodigal son or, and or daughter is that although he had left home, and the Bible doesn't specify how long that was, but although he had left home because he simply thought that there was something out there better, there was always a place for him at the table. All he had to do was come home. Now, I can go over a million different things for this text. I can explain uh, the, the perspective of the father. I can pr explain the perspective of the older brother. Like, there's so many good details to take away from this story, but I just wanted to spend a moment highlighting just a few. Because I believe that as we're stepping into this new year and some of you guys are questioning whether it's time for you to come home or not, 
These will be key details that'll just plant a seed in your heart and I will allow God to do the rest. And that's just what I'm going to do. I don't expect this podcast to be a normal time. I don't expect it to be that long, but this is simply so I can plant a seed and allow like God to move in your heart as, as I pray over you to make the decision to come home. And so I read a scripture um, of Luke chapter 11. And I read 11, no, Luke chapter 15, verse 11. And it was 11 through 31. And so I think the, the first part into realizing that it's time to come home is that it would be your decision. The scripture says, but when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants had bread enough to spare and I will perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. I will arise and go to my father. I will arise and go to my father. It's amazing to me that after all this time living in wild land, after realizing how hungry he was, his first instinct was, I'm going to go home to my dad. This didn't say he went home to church. It didn't say he went home uh, to his friends. It didn't say he went home like to his village, like the city he was in. It simply said that he was returning to his father. As much as I love church and I love community, I believe that the first thing would be for us to come home to our father. Come back to God. God is waiting for you to step back into relationship with him because we all know that the Bible says God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That means he doesn't change. His feelings for you do not change. He never moves because you hurt him with your sin. He never moves because you're not feeling it. He stays put. He stays the same. It's always us that moves. And so we have to take that first step to realizing that we need God. We need him no matter what has happened in our lives there is always going to be an emptiness that we feel when we are disconnected from the father when we are disconnected from the vine because we know that when we're disconnected from the vine we don't bear fruit and as believers it's it's, it's a part of us that we bear good fruit we have to come home to our father and secondly the beautiful part about this story is that as his the son is on his journey home, as he's thinking about what he's going to say to him, he already has this speech written out about how unworthy he is, about how he doesn't even want the title of being the son. He just wants to be the hired servant as long as he can be home. And the beautiful thing is, scripture says, as he was a far distance away, his father noticed him. His father noticed him, and the Bible says he was filled with love and compassion that he began to run to his son as he embraced him and kissed him. It's important to know context when we look at these things because back in these times, it was, it was not um, appropriate or it wasn't a part of their culture for a man to run. I know it sounds weird, but that's, that's how it was, like, but he was 
overjoyed when he saw his son that he began to run towards him. He didn't walk. He didn't just wait for his son to make it all the way to him. He began to run towards him. Because God is always in a constant pursuit of our hearts. Whether we want it or not. Whether we recognize it or not. I'll never forget hearing that knock on my door when I knew for a 100% fact I wanted nothing to do with God after the things that had happened to me. But he was always pursuing my heart. The scripture goes on to tell us that he brings out the best for his son. He doesn't care about the speech that his son had prepared about how unworthy he was and how he just wanted to be present in this home but he says let's let's have a party so he brings out his best robe not just any robe the best not just any calf the best one the fattened one because God truly only wants what's best for us sometimes when life just happens we typically have this weird mindset that God is keeping something from us. But but just like in this story, God just wants what's best for you. And sometimes we don't always see it because we think we know what's best because we love to do this thing where we pretend to be God over our lives and, and that's just simply not how it works. The Father always knows best. God always knows best. You're going through that breakup right now and you're confused because you thought that that was the one and, and suddenly things don't work out and it's like, God, this was the best I had. I know this was it and God's just like, no, 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 no. I know what's best for you if you would just trust me. The Bible says to lean not to our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge him. God only wants to give you the best. But that happens on his terms and not our own. The last thing I want to point out about this, and again, there are literally a million different things that I can point out with this context and with this story and how beautiful it is, but the party began. I said it earlier, and I'll say it again, and I'll probably continue to say this um, for as long as I live, but Although we sometimes decide that we know what's best and that we take what we know, aka the inheritance that we have that God has given us, we take these things and we think we know. And so we want to try and see what it's like in the big world, in a big city without God, like because we can do it. And then we end up crushed when we realize that it was literally a facade because we all know the enemy loves to trick people with this facade of this incredible life of like not needing Jesus so that's just so far from the truth and the fact of the matter is is that as his father um as our father that God knows best and so we try these things and then we get hurt and we say God I want to come home and although we feel unworthy and we feel a lot of shame and we feel a lot of guilt there was always a place at the table. The son knew that he could come home. 
and then the party begins. The, par the scriptures say that there was music and there's dancing, and so I can only imagine that everyone's hearts were filled with joy because the brother has come home, the son has come home, the daughter has come home. So much so that even the servants were happy and celebrating. As we enter into this new year, because we're already here, I believe that God wants to celebrate. He wants to celebrate his sons and daughters coming home. He wants to celebrate that, yeah, some of us have gotten lost in this world, but now it's time to come home. Because there's a party waiting for you. Not just come home to, to church, not just come home to a community of believers, not just come home to your best friends that were there waiting for you, but to come home to Jesus. Come back. My challenge for you guys this year is that we would take 2021 seriously, that we would begin to take our relationships with Jesus seriously, because that's what it means to be home. We get to rekindle this relationship that we we thought we lost with God and we get to, to pick it right back up because he's filled with love and compassion and he just wants to love on us right now. And over the last couple of months as I had been preparing for this new season, I had a chance to sit down, well not literally sit down, but um, to message a couple of people who who were not home who were in their seasons of wild living and not necessarily saying that it was wild living, but the curiosity in me wondered why, why they were doing what they were doing, why I did what I did and why people are still doing what they're doing. And what I come came up with as I talked to literally hundreds of people was that there's a lot of hurt and there was a lot of forgiveness, unforgiveness. And so to finish off this podcast, which is probably just, I don't even know how long it is, but to finish this off, I just have something that I wrote out. Now, granted, I do know that this may or may not apply to you, but I would pray that you would search your heart and do a real heart check. And if you're the person that's currently not home, that you would ask yourself why you're not home and what happened. So to the person who feels like they have to prove themselves, you have nothing to prove. There's a place for you at home. To the person who has been hurt by the church and left, whether that had been poor church leadership, a toxic church, toxic community, the person who was hurt because of someone else in leadership, whether that had been someone that raped or molested them, Whatever that church hurt may be, there's still a place for you at home. It's time to stop blaming God for things that people did to us. We're all broken. And granted, that's not an excuse to hurt other people, but we can't use that as an excuse to hurt God when he's desiring a relationship with us. There's a place for you at home. To the person struggling with their unbelief. 
there's a place for you at home. To the person who just needs prayer and is too afraid to ask, there's a place for you at home. To the person who feels like they don't belong, you belong more than anyone else. There's a place for you at home. To the person who feels like they're lacking community, and by community I mean other believers who get to partner with you in your journey, there's a place for you at home. To the person who feels judged, I promise there's no judgment when you come home. To the person who's been struggling with their depression and anxiety, suicidal thoughts, your mind raging war, you're still human, you're still normal, but there's still a place for you at home. To the person who feels like they don't fit in, trust me when I say God has made you to stand out and there's a place for you at home. To the person who just wants to be real and wants authenticity, there's a place for you at home. To the person who feels far from God, I promise you, he's closer now than ever and there's a place for you at home. To the person struggling with their porn addiction, there's a place for you. It's time to come home. To the hypocrite who believes that everyone in church is a hypocrite, there's a place for you at home. To the saint and to the sinner, all the same, there's a place for you at home. There will always be a place for you. No matter how far gone you think you are, no matter the distance land that you've traveled, this podcast is to hopefully, hopefully help you come to your senses like this son did in verse 17 when he finally came to his senses. It's time to come to your senses so you can start the journey to come home. We had one heck of a year in 2020, and I believe that God wants to champion us forward into something new this year, but we're not going to get that if we keep staying away from home. And so that's what I'm going to end with. And as I pray, I just want you to know that these stories aren't just that we get to read in the Bible. They're just not this like crazy, cutesy, feel-good story, but it's just the truth. I had a hard season when I walked away from Jesus. It was probably one of the worst of my entire life. But when we come home to our fathers, when we step into relationship with Jesus, it doesn't mean that our life is going to get perfect. It just means we have help along the way. It means we have a guide along the way. It means we have someone to lean on when we cry along the way, when things don't look as as cutesy and, and aesthetically pleasing as we want it to. It doesn't mean that everything is going to go away and that you're going to live pain-free. It just means that we have a constant person there to love us and support us along the way. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the person listening. We thank you for this call home. God, I pray that you would open the eyes and minds and hearts of the believers everywhere who have strayed to faraway distances, God. Whether that be from church hurt, whether that be from the sin that they're struggling with, their thoughts that they're struggling with, God or even their unbelief and trust in you, whatever that reason is that they have left home, whatever that reason is for them wanting to claim their inheritance and walk away from you, God, we just pray that there would be a tug on their hearts to return home, God, that they would know that there is a place for them, that you love them, God, that no matter how far they've been gone, it doesn't change the fact that you love them so much. We pray that every person that comes home, God, would have a safe landing space. We pray for healthy churches. We pray for healthy leadership, God. We pray for people that are ready to start taking this seriously and hold people accountable for the positions you've put them in. We pray for any unforgiveness, God. No matter who it is that we're thinking of when we see or hear this word unforgiveness, God, we just pray that you would give us, that you would mend our hearts, God, to forgive, that we would walk in love as you've commanded us, that we would forgive because we know that you forgave us. That there would be an overwhelming sense of peace and comfort for those making the decision to start chasing you wholeheartedly. For those making the decision to finally come home after years and years and months and months of being away. God, thank you for loving us the way you do. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for always having our back. We pray blessings this year over every person listening. That they know that it's a party because they're finally coming home. We give you all glory, God, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll see you guys next time on the For the One Podcast.